welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a time-displaced criminal, Perry! Let me, let me, let me out of these handcuffs. I gotta take, I gotta, I gotta steal money from, from your banks. It's way, it's way too low security for the things that I'm, I'm familiar with. Get, get me, get me out of here. Yep. Get, get. Hi, Jesse. Get get me, (laughs) get me out of here. Yep. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about Death Stalker. Death Stalker. As a, you know, that was my favorite song uh, by uh, 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 Blue Oyster Cult in the the seventies. Well, while you look that up, uh, oh no, oh my gosh, no, they were they were formed in nineteen sixty seven. Oh, it's late sixties. Okay. So. <laughs> oh no. Okay. All right. Well, moving on, please. Before I before I embarrass myself further. So, uh, so what do you think Death Stalker is? I imagine that Death Stalker and Ed. So I have this kind of general feeling about death or dark or night or, you know, whatever characters uh, that they have some kind of hood or are darkly clad. Part of me feels like it is somewhere between the aesthetic of the Green Goblin and the darkness and... Uh, I would say skill of shoot. I lost the name. Hold on, hold on. Taskmaster. There we go. And and uh, uh, Taskmaster. I don't know why I I I heard you say Black Widow, but I was thinking Birds of Prey. I was like, <laughs> like, like I heard you say Black Widow. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But I was yeah. thinking the entire time. I'm just like, <clears throat> I think that movie's gonna be okay. No, all right. Yeah, here, here for for your sake, I'll um I'll re say uh, Taskmaster. Yes, Taskmaster is a very great person who I love. Yeah. Uh, I really do love Taskmaster. Right now, he has a very adorable like uh very adorable friendship with Black Ant. Huh? Yeah, I do love I do love Taskmaster. You are so sympathetic to the villains in the Marvel universe, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, fair no, enough. Half, they're, no, they're half, pretty half right. the heroes are just villain, uh, basically villains. <laughs> so, like, I mean, let's talk about the Thunderbolts for two seconds. <laughs> oh no, no, those are explicitly villains doing heroic things. I'm talking about like a lot of a lot of the good guys are kind of really bad. But uh, yeah, all right, we're enough. not talking about those. We're talking about Deathstalker. Moving on. Who is this dude? He looks kind of like a Dick Tracy villain. Oh. Nah, he definitely looks like uh, um, uh, whatever that guy's name is. Dick yeah, Tracy no, he, he looks, he looks super like nineteen thirties, nineteen forties like character design. He, he looks, he looks like a no. He definitely looks like a like a pulp pulp magazine like villain. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like not like a not like one of those like like maybe he's like a like a mobster who got like magical powers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Mhm. So, but yeah, uh maybe he fought the phantom or the spirit. Spirit phantom. Yeah. Let's say one of those. Same I just like I just like the phantom cuz he has like a ring that <laughs> Yeah, right. That puts a skull on you like yeah. when he punches. I mean, it's you know, it's nice. Um <laughs> so so uh his name is so, well, by the way, we did not describe it. He's in all blue. 
Uh, but he's in kind of like a, I would almost say like kind of like a zoot suit. Oh, I would. Yes, yes, he is definitely a zoot suit villain. Yeah, he, he's he's wearing he's wearing like a zoot suit, so like it's really baggy stuff with a really wide brim fedora, and he has like a Stephen Strange it's, cloak. Oh man, look. I mean, there's a reason why. There's a reason why he's in a zoot suit, though. His real name is Philip Wallace Sterling. And that is the worst. <laughs> that is so boring for a character. He, he, he that, was... that means that he, he went from a nine-to-five day job with a short sleeve button down and a, and a tie with his khakis and his uh, <laughs> his trainers to all of a sudden going, hey, you know what? We live in a society. And you know what, Jesse? We do live in a society. So he is a citizen of the United States with no known criminal record. And he is a professional criminal as well. Mm. Um, and his former alias was Exterminator and Death's Head 2. Uh, also, sounds important. Single, uh, and his place, uh, his place of death was Saint Stephen Cemetery, New York City. Uh, no known relatives, and he's a former member of the Unholy Three, who we talked about earlier in the Animan episode. Listen, listen to my Animan episode. It's a, it's a fairly decent episode that I like a lot. So, uh. He his base of operations. I normally don't say this because it's like, oh, it's mobile or it's New York or whatever. His his base of operations is an interdimensional realm. Whoa, hello, yeah. And he first appeared in Daredevil, uh, uh, twenty six. I mean, twenty. Sorry, not twenty six. Thirty nine. What? What? Are you, okay, <laughs> Daredevil thirty nine. Uh, in nineteen in April nineteen sixty eight, the Exterminator in the Super Powered Unholy Three. You know Daredevil, that uh, famously cosmic superhero. Well, if you read like just the first six issues of Daredevil, they're bonkers. The seventh issue, the seventh issue of Daredevil, is where he meets Stiltman. <laughs> It's bonkers. Yeah, fair enough. And he was able to fear, fill the color of yellow. I, I look. I feel that every day I wake up. But this, I this is a cover I do like a lot. Uh, it's not as busy. It's not super. It's it's like busy, but no, in a I good like way. this color it covers so much. Yeah, like like the and like it's it's heavily saturated colors and like and and uh, but you have Daredevil in his classic red outfit. Uh, he's swinging on his billy club, kicking uh, one of the Animen or the Unholy Three, uh, and they're like all in in like this monotone blue, and it's on like this like really rich purple background. So you you say busy, and I think in this case it's, it it's is busy really, in a good way. Yeah, like it's there's a lot of action going on, but it's very nondescript in terms of narrative. So it it kind of you know that that was what was so inviting about um like Jack Kirby's art and and even uh Ramita Senior's art is that uh their their covers 
told a story without giving anything away. Well, and my- that that's kind of what I miss about that that bygone era of comic book storytelling is that there's not this ambiguity without uh, not inviting readers into the the storytelling aspect and it, it it's such a it's such a unique aspect of you know the the it's so many people call it the silver age of of comics i still kind of consider it's, it's more it the to bronze be age towards the end of the 60s yeah uh, yeah and but well actually after after fantastic 4 came out it pretty much became the bronze age i think that's yeah. a demarcation a lot of people make Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that that's kind of a a, a side conversation about <laughs> comic comic book design and uh, and artistry. But um, this to me is what would make me pick up a comic book. Is there's something supernatural going on without being too descript. See, I feel like I feel like it the the cover it should for me. I like it when it could be a panel that can stand alone by itself. So you like uh word balloons on comic book well, covers. No, no. Well, no, I first off I do. But No, I do too. I do, but I I like it no, <laughs> but that's I like for it a totally different reason. I like though. it I like it when it is a basically this is something that is a representation of the story. But you're not, like, telling everything about it. You're just saying, like, this is a panel that represents what you can kind of find inside. So, like, if it's going to be a fighty comic, like, maybe have some people throwing punches on the cover. And yeah, that, I like, get looks that. cool. And mm-hmm. if it's going to be, like, a talky one, like, maybe have someone looking, like, you know, sad or something on the cover. But in, like, a really awesome way. But, yeah. That being said, I do like... Uh, uh, Daredevil. Daredevil is one of those... It has a lot of really good covers. It's it's pretty good. I, I absolutely yeah. yeah. But let's talk about Deathstalker. Um. Well, he so his final appearance was in Daredevil, one uh, fifty eight, and his origin was in Daredevil one fifty eight. <laughs> the the villain uh, the criminal known as Deathstalker was Philip Wallace Sterling, the last member of an old wealthy and prestigious family that lived in America for centuries. Uh, it's not known why Sterling turned to crime. He conducted his first known criminal activities under the alias of Exterminator. In this role, Sterling was a costume mastermind behind a series of Crimes committed by the original criminals known as Ape Men, Birdman, and Catman, who were otherwise known as the Unholy Three. Exterminator developed a Time Displacer Ray, or T-Ray, which he could banish a person or object from his own dimension for a period, uh, to a period of his choosing. The Exterminator claimed that the Ray projected its target to another time continuum, but actually, the T-Ray projected the project the victim into a limbo-like interdimensional void lying close to regular reality. If the exterminator banished a victim for 30 minutes, then he or she would automatically return to Earth once that half an hour was up. However, 
an intense enough amount of displacement radiation could exile a victim into the interdimensional void permanently. The exterminator wanted to create the impression that he had that he and the only three might have actually disintegrated their victims with their portable time displacement guns. Hence, he chose the nom de crime. Nom, nom de crime. Oh, okay. Nom de crime exterminator. With the clash of the costume uh, crime fighter, Daredevil, Ape Man uh, successfully exiled uh, Daredevil to the void with his displacement gun. Daredevil was able to use his powers and skills to escape through the dimensional warp and track the exterminator and the unholy three to their lair. After defeating the four, Daredevil intentionally triggered the uh, explosion of the exterminator's main disruption machine. At the time, Daredevil, temporarily tired of his... <laughs> okay wait okay sorry i almost thought it said he wanted to kill himself okay sorry huh? <laughs> no he was kind of tired of being a superhero so he wanted to like frame his own demise but what he didn't realize is that the explosion sure caused the nearby exterminator to be radiated with a, just a just a really just a lot of dimensional displacement radiation and he was pretty <laughs> and he found himself in the interdimensional realm close to earth where you can where you can see into it without being detected from Earth, he learned that he could mm. materialize on Earth simply by willing himself to do so, and mentally willing himself back into the interdimensional realm. But it was impossible for him to uh, remain on Earth for for more than several hours at a time, because the T radiation in his body would basically draw him back in. So. So he could be like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a body now, and I don't have enough energy. <laughs> so he realized that this power had a lot of great potential for crime. As as long as he had a mean to control it and stay on Earth for like long enough as he, as he wanted to. So he adopted the name and costume of Deathstalker. He stole the blueprint for a cybernetic death grip from aim and used it to create like mechanisms in his glove that would give him the touch of death uh, he also stole the secret inventions and documents from he stole the secret invention and documents from like supposedly inaccessible places with his powers and he also obtained materials necessary to build a t-ray machine that would basically make it where he can stay on Earth as long as he wanted to. Hmm. Uh, but Deathstalker found himself continually thwarted by uh, in both of these areas by Daredevil, who Deathstalker blamed for his inability to remain on Earth and for ravaging of his body due to radiation. Now he is the he is you can blame him. This isn't misplaced blame. He purposely exploded something next to you. That's not indirect. No, that that is that's on purpose. Yeah. No, now, now the result, like it was supposed to be like death, quote unquote, <laughs> but like it didn't. I mean, it didn't kill you, so uh, blame him. Enough. You don't. I felt he's perfectly justified. He's perfectly justified in his wanting of revenge. 
so um after many clashes uh with the daredevil deathstalker who learned of his secret identity of matt murdoch hired and outfitted a new unholy three and sent them to capture capture murdoch so then we got eight man two uh Catman 2 and Birdman 2. You had Ape Man 2 and Catman 2 succeeded in their missions. Although Black Widow managed to stop Birdman 2 and just killed him. Uh, with Murdoch in his in his with Murdoch his prisoner in the cemetery, Deathstalker killed Ape Man 2 and Catman 2, revealing that it was revealing that the exterminator to Murdoch. Deathstalker demanded that Murdoch change costume and become Daredevil for the one final battle. Deathstalker rage mounted as the battle went on, and Daredevil kept on getting the best of him. Finally, Deathstalker, who had shifted into the interdimensional void, but still visible on Earth, leapt at Daredevil in an irrational rage. Deathstalker had fully materialized on Earth in order to use his death grip, but in his fury, he materialized too soon and solidified while passing through a tombstone. The result, he was immediately killed. Right off the bat. Yep, which is why uh, Kitty Pride could become a really good mass murderer if she wanted to. But oh yeah, for sure. Like she just like ha materialized like a finger in someone's heart <laughs> and then they die. Uh secret revenge for her son's death. Deathstalker's mother, Elizabeth Dawn Sterling, used her fortune to construct a series of death traps within her, her uh, enormous mansion in in the section of New York City called Riverdale. Miss Sterling had a large number of identical uh, identical robots all in the form of a little girl, built to lure Daredevil into the house. However, Miss Sterling died before Daredevil was induced to enter the mansion. Uh, Daredevil succeeded in escaping the mansion's many traps, as well as the menace posed by the robots, which would ex- which would explode. Apparently, all these robots have been destroyed, and that's where you bring back one of those robots in a modern day <laughs> Daredevil. <laughs> He's just like, what? I thought I destroyed all of you. And he's like, no, I'm going to explode on you. Yeah. So, he's six, he's six foot, weighs 180, has blue eyes, white hair, and chalk white skin. Deathstalker has... He's like normal man strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his power is basically he can go in and out of a like a pocket dimension where he can see Earth, but and walk around, but he can't be, but he can't be seen by people on Earth, and he can materialize or or become intangible at will, as well as both become visible. While intangible or mm. visible and whatever, you know all the all the things that a ghost can do. So he can so he can kind of cover distances like more quickly in his interdimensional realm than on Earth as well. And he has like a glove that basically allows him to like death touch people. 
Right. It like it makes like a bunch of microwaves that instantly causes people to die. I guess it boils them alive from the inside sure. out. And he has to be like materialized for it to like actually work. So Yeah, that's Deathstalker. Hooray. Yeah. What do you think about Deathstalker? Um I like the things around Deathstalker, but I think Deathstalker is one of the more boring, boring characters that we've talked about. I don't know. Not uh, great, man. I like him for the most part. Yeah? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's interesting. He's interesting. Maybe I just, uh, maybe I didn't catch the, the right part of the conversation. I mean, I don't know. I it's he's he's interesting. It's just like I see a lot of potential. Sure. And also, you can easily bring them back. But right, and but, it, it kind of feels like um, if uh, if Brian Bendis had gotten wind of it during the Ultimate Run, could have been a pretty good character. Yeah. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so we are pretty much done, except for yeah. this one question I have to ask. Are they still dead? Is he still dead? Uh, I'm gonna say yes, still dead. Yeah, like he didn't. He doesn't really come back. Yeah, I kind of figured. I need to. So, is he still dead? Yes, but he did come back in a. Captain America Daredevil comic. So basically, uh, there was a bunch of a bunch of people worked on a bringing like basically a European, mostly European team. Uh, they just wanted to basically write a comic. Uh, mm-hmm. It was in two thousand nine, uh, and it was basically like a bunch of murders. Uh, murders was like suggests like that he came back so not not sure what the uh yeah what like, the angle is there but yeah, fair enough yeah it just like <laughs> basically someone want to write about death stalker yeah all right it, like the art it, looks cool and everything yeah but i think it looks so like too. it was just it was just a one it's basically a one shot mm-hmm. basically a one shot you know for sure so, uh, I think we're pretty much done. So, what yeah, do you have to plug? I have my own podcast to plug. Uh, it is called This Is My Bourbon Podcast. Um, it is basically all about bourbon. We do some nerdy things here and there. Uh, Star Wars, I recommend some uh, comic books. Uh, it, every now and then during our, our segment called Tips and Bits, uh, which sounds dirty, but I promise you it is not. Um, yeah, just put so many tips though, and bits. There have been so many coming at you from different directions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it, it it's a good time. We uh, have a really good conversation about uh, the community and um, you know why why bourbon is kind of seeing a resurgence uh, in in America right now and really kind of globally. Uh, so if you are interested in hearing about that again, that is this is my bourbon podcast. Uh, we are at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <sighs> I don't think I have anything else. <laughs> yeah, I'm I tired, still, man. I don't feel like doing my. I still don't feel like doing my uh, 
Do you want me to do them for you? I mean, you can if you want. Just so Alphabet Flight on uh, on social media, uh, uh, he also does another podcast called uh, Creepy Critters, all about cryptids. And then what what what's the other one? Unlimited theories. Unlimited theories with uh, his buddy. That's not me. Um, so you definitely go check that out. Um, there's a whole Facebook group that. Uh, oh shoot, what's that one called? If I'm honest, I don't remember. Okay, great. I well, don't do any um, of my social media, so yeah, I I've, I figured you didn't, no. but uh, I I that that I think that does it for this episode, right, Jesse? Yeah, yeah. This has been this has been Alphabet Flight, and justice is served. Bye. Bye. Bye.